In front of you is uh, a very beautiful Torah from Rav Kluger. This is his Sefer, B'ni B'chari Yisrael. B'ni B'chari Yisrael is, uh, is his Svarim on Inyane Pesach, Inyane Seder, Inyane Golis and Gula. So over there in Daftzadi Zion, he has a mimer explaining the depth of Klal Yisrael not changing their name, not changing their, their, their clothing and their lotion. So he says over here, we'll run through it together. Yedum Divi Chazal, it's known the Chazal tell us Shabnei Yisrael b'Mitzrayim leishinu eshemam l'shoinam levushim. We know that Chazal tell us that Klal Yisrael did not change those three aspects u'b'suschei nugalu, and it was in that schos that they were that they were redeemed from Mitzrayim. What's the significance? Let's focus on lashon first. What's the significance? They didn't change the lashon before we get to how it affects us nowadays. But why is it such a big deal? They didn't change the lashon. Okay, well, what's the what's the depth of it, and how does that how is that the cause of Gula? Like, what was the, to be the cause of Gula? That means that it's sort of like touching on the Indian of what they were trying to accomplish. What exactly was the Indian of Golos Mitzrayim that not changing the lotion was significant? He says, "Levar sug yezu yesh leftoyach." He says, "To understand this, we got to start." Mashagila Ariya Kodesh bin in Golos Mitzrayim. The Ariya Kodesh is Megala, that one of the Inyan of Golis Mitzrayim, it wasn't a sin, it wasn't due to our sin. We didn't do anything wrong to warrant Mitzrayim, it was destined. Hashem already told Avram that your children will go to Eretz Loi Lahem. It was destined that Klai Yisrael would go to Golis. What were we, so it wasn't a sin, but it was, um, there was a purpose. A lot of times people, I don't know if it comforts people or not, uh, to me it's comforting, but I don't know if it comforts people or not, but... Um, knowing that it's not always due to a sin that stuff happens. Um, they agree. It's, not, it's not always due to a sin that that, uh, that stuff happens. But right, the, there's, a, there's a terror from Rav Kluger in last week's parasha, the Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is a, wants to tell Klal Yisrael the kates. He wants to tell them when Mashiach is going to come. And then he loses the Shechina. He thinks he loses the Shechina because one of the Shvatim are not going to be Tzadikim. They say Shema Yisrael, he says Baruch Shem, oh, they're all tzaddikim. So then the kasha is, if they're all tzaddikim, then why didn't he taka have the shechina? Meaning the shechina left him, he thought it was because they're Rishayim, but that's not the reason. So why taka did he not have the shechina? The answer is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not want them to, to know the cakes. So there's a teaching from the Chassam Seifer that Rav Kluge talks about, is that they, he thought that the shechina was gone, meaning that all the tsaris of the end of Galus is because they were Rishayim. Turns out they weren't Rishayim. Shema Yisrael Shema Kenu Shema Chod. So why were they talking Galus? Because it had to be. There are certain things that have to be accomplished. So over here he says like this. The Arizal says that the Inyan of Galus of 130 years in Mitzrayim, one of the Inyanim of the purpose of Galus of being in Mitzrayim for that long, was to be metakin specifically. That that Adam Arishan during those 130 years after Cain killed Hevel, he separated from his wife in 130 years. During those 130 years, certain Averis were taking place. There was a Taina against Adam Arishan, whatever that means, related to Begam Abris. But because those 130 years that Adam Arishan was separated from Chava, Klal Yisrael needed to fix. In other words, and that's why they were in servitude for 130 years. In other words, what Arizal is telling us, which I think is a Dover Pashat, that Klal Yisrael's 
punishment in Mitzrayim, the Tsaris of Mitzrayim, was trying to fix other Mauritian sins in all forms. Now that you understand that, that it's trying to fix other Mauritian in all forms, we will see that changing, keeping their Lashin was very much related to fixing. That before, that the same way other Mauritian, due to the sin, was kicked out of Eitz Hadas, in order to allow Klal Yisrael to go into Eretz Yisrael, which is Gan Eden, which is, you know, Gan Eden itself, Klal Yisrael needed to fix the sin of other Mauritian. And how did keeping their Lashin fix the sin of other Mauritian? So he says like this, Beniftach Levar Mashamru Chazal, you have to understand what Chazal tell us. Klaisel didn't change their Lashen. They kept Lashen HaKadosh. What's the significance of this? So he says, Dainu, What is the difference between Lashen HaKadosh and English? What's the difference? When you're told that Lashen HaKadosh doesn't reference Toma. Okay. But at a deeper level, what is the difference between Lashen HaKadosh and English? The difference is as follows. All languages, the words that they use are just references to allow you to know what you're saying. Meaning, I use, I'm calling this a table. Now, the reason why that helps you is because you know what a table means, and therefore you know what I mean when I say table. It's not that this item in front of you in its mohus, deep down in its core, is T-A-B-L-E. That's not the side. It's that this is a reference point. All languages, the words themselves are just simonim that allow you to know what I mean. And as time goes on, with slang and with different vernacular, people understand what they mean and things can change. That is the Indian of all Lashonis. But he says, In order to allow people to live together harmoniously, I have to be able to communicate with you. So instead of gestures, we all understand that when I say the word table, it means this item. And it's an understanding. And that's true with everything. That, that, that's a door. When I say door, you understand what I mean. And if the entire American population would decide that that's not called a door anymore, that's called a, a, a ceiling, and so, okay, fine. It's not referencing what it is at its core. It's just telling you words so that you know what it means. And he says, All of America and all of the world, understand? okay, they decided that that's what that means. And if they were to change their minds, so they'll change the name. Mashainki Loshana Kaidish. That's not what Loshana Kaidish is. Loshana Kaidish, this table, which is called a Shulchan in Loshana Kaidish, when I say Shulchan, I'm not just referencing something that you understand what I mean. Shin Lamid Ches Nun were the letters that Hashem used and Hashem still uses to give this item physical matter while still allowing it to have connection to Akadish Baruchu, meaning this world sort of exists on two planes. There's what you see and then there's what actually is. See, we look, we, look, we look at a world where there's nothing, where there's no God. So you just see matter. How do you define that matter? So we have different terms for it. But we all know that the deeper shot is everything in reality is being pumped in life right now. Hashem is that plug. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu were to unplug His essence from every item, it wouldn't exist. What is the plug that is giving this table the ability to exist 
and look like it's not connected to Hashem, but still have existence, the item, the koyach that gives this is shin lamed chasnun. And if you were sort of be able to see past the outer layer, you wouldn't see this gray table. You would see the letters shin lamed chasnun. That is what something is at its core. There's a maisa, and we'll see it inside. There's a maisa. I mentioned in the past that the Balatanya, the last like couple days before he passed away, he called over the Tzemach Tzedek, his grandson, and he said to the Tzemach Tzedek, it's a famous Maisa in Chabad, that he said to the ceiling, he said, do you see this? So he said, yeah. So he said, what do you see? He said, I see a beam. B-E-A-M, I see a beam. A kaira. So Balatanya says, I no longer see a beam. I see the letters Kuf Vav Reshei. And he said, in your face, I no longer see your face. I see the letters Menachem Mendel. That was the Balatanya sort of getting, as he was leaving this world, he was sort of allowing to see the, you know, the ones and the zeros behind the scene, behind that cover, that, you know, behind the system, behind the curtain. That's what really is going on. So he says like this, Lashon HaKodesh, svas simonim. Lashon HaKodesh is not a reference so that you know what it means. Rather, Leida is a chayfetz ve'inian mechuven adam. It's deeper than that. Elohu siba. It's not a simon, as they say in yeshiva. It's a siba. It's the cause of existence. It what, it's, what, it's not just referencing what this item is. It's what gives this item the ability to exist. It's that same word. And he says, We know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created this world with saying, uttering letters that gives koyach, words that give koyach to reality. As the Balatanya writes extensively, that's basically one of the major themes of the section of the Balatanya of Shari Yichad And that is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, while it looks like this item just exists, Hashem is giving it power every moment. Every moment Hashem is willing it to exist. Yossi used to describe it like the old cartoons. They used to, before they had computers, they would, it, would, it was like a flip book where they would draw the item slightly different, slightly different, slightly different, and then they would literally flip it and it would look like the item was moving. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs this world. It looks like the table just exists and it will continue to exist. It continues to exist because every second HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is pumping in Shulchan into this item. Hashem just keeps the world going and it looks like one item will lead into the next, but it actually doesn't. And that's a whole worldview different that if a person, again, Yossi's talked about this a lot you know, when he was here, that if a person ever feels like broken or sad, he'll realize that Akadish Baruch Hu, this moment is, is is giving you life. It's pumping your heart. That itself means that there's that there's a, there's significance to this. So he says, Hashem is Baruch Bara Viyatzer Vasa Khafbeis Isis Kadoshis. Ulchol Ois Yesh Kayach Masum. Every letter of the he of Lashana Kaidish has a Kayach, and Akadish Baruchu somehow, when you take the letters Shin Lamid Ches Nun and put it together, it creates this item. Lashon HaKodesh is the ability to look past what seems like a world devoid of God and to realize the truth, which is that behind the surface there is nothing but God. That's what Lashon HaKodesh is. He says, You see, that was, the Medrash says that one of the great wisdom of Adam Arishan is that he was able to name all the animals. All the animals walked past him and he named all the animals. What does that mean? It means that he was able to look at an animal 
and know its essence. You see, the animal already is created. You see that lion, that Aryeh, Aleph, Reshut, Hey. Hashem created that first lion. If you were able to see like the Balatani, you would see Aleph, Reshut, That's how, what it was. Adam Rishon was able to look at it and be able to figure that out and give the name for what it is. That's the great Kayach of a, a parent. When a parent names a child, we all know from the Arizal that it's like a small Nevoah. Why? Because you have this baby that already has potential, that already has a tafki, that already has a tachlis. It has a name, so to speak. And the parents are able to intuitively give it the name that it already has. That the name, it's not just like when you give them the name, then all of a sudden it gets, it has a purpose. That that child who's named Moshe, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants him to be a Moshe, whatever that means. And the parents are holding this little baby, and they say, he's a Moshe. And they're giving him the name of what he already is. That's what Lashon HaKadosh is. Lashon HaKadosh is seeing the truth. It's finding God. It's, it's, it's not describing this external world. It's describing what's really going on. So he says, Valkei Nikra, the bottom paragraph on the right side, Savaz Lashon HaKadosh. It's very interesting. It's called Lashon HaKadosh. Kaidish means holy, but anyone who knows, who's learned Gemara knows that Kaidish is actually a reference to separation. Right? Hegdish is called Hegdish because you're not allowed to use it. It's off limits. Lashon HaKadosh. So why is it called Lashon HaKadosh? The answer is, look what he says. Kaidish umaloshon hafrasha v'havdala means separation. Dahainu sheyesh derech baha adam medabra la oilam hazeh you see, this living your life in the way of other languages means going about your day completely immersed in that something, in that there is no God. Meaning if you live your life not just calling this a table, but thinking that there's nothing but a table here, that's the other languages. That's the external way to live your life. And there's a way that you could sort of fall into it. You see, you could live your life and just like be completely like sunk in to that way of living. Where you go about your day and you just see no God. That's what using the other languages does. It doesn't separate you. You sort of sink into that world. Lashon HaKodesh separates. Lashon HaKodesh says, no. You might live in that world where all you see is matter, and you might live in a world of yesh, but look past it. Separate from that yesh and find the ayin, find that nothingness, find that God under the surface. That's what Lashon HaKodesh does. It separates you from the false reality. It's Kodesh. It separates. It, by definition, cuts away. And instead of falling into this, this fake reality that we find ourselves in, I don't mean fake that it doesn't exist, but fake that it's misleading. Instead of falling into that world where you just see physicality around you and you don't see those letters of Hashem that are pumping life into it, Loshan HaKodesh separates. So he says there's a way that a person could go about his day that he's completely sunk in to that other languages. But there's another way to live your life, and that's living your life in a way of speaking Lashon HaKodesh. That means, that doesn't mean, you still, you still have a job, and you still 
go to the store and you still do the things that everyone else does. You still do the things that everyone else does. But you don't fall into that falsehood. You're separating yourself. Lashon HaKadosh separates Klal Yisrael from the falsehood of reality. Anyone who's learned the first Torah from Ravina Nachman, it's a very beautiful piece, but that's he says, that was the difference in Yaakov and Esav. That Yaakov looked at, it's called lighting up the way, that Yaakov Avinu looked throughout life and he was trying to find the Lashon HaKadosh beneath the Shivim Lashon. As opposed to Esav, who's just very comfortable in the other languages, very comfortable in falling into that existence. But Yaakov Avinu is the Lashon HaKadosh. Yaakov Avinu is, is being mafresh himself, he's separating himself from that falsehood. And he says, You see, when a person speaks Lashon HaKadosh, he might be saying lion when he's in the zoo. Aryeh. And everyone knows what he's talking about. He's referencing that same animal that I would when I would say the word lion. But by saying the word Aryeh, you're, what you're doing is you're revealing the truth. And that is, it's not just a lion. There are letters there. There's Shem Hashem. There are Koiches of HaKadosh Baruch giving life to that seemingly godless existence. That's why there's a minute, I, I, you know, I'm sure you want to, uh, I've been to, like by Dovi, I'm sure you notice this, that if you've been by, by that, that he, by the, Hadlock, by the uh, Kiddush, he was Mikabal from Barwamigrants, or Barwamigrants, that he calls his children by their Hebrew name. By, by Kiddush, by Kiddush, he calls them by the, by the Hebrew name. Rabbi Weimberger told, uh, I heard in the Shia once, Rabbi Weimberger also did, uh, I think for Oshi, he was like Asher Zelig, he was, uh, I think Asher Zelig is his full name, that he would say the full Hebrew name. Slipshot. The pshat is because the rest, of the, the rest of the week, we use English names. I'm not talking about, again, the purpose is not the name itself. You could use English, you could use Lashon Kodesh, but my point is, you live a week of English. On Shabbos, you should remind yourself of the truth which is that you, your name is your essence. Your name is not just a reference point of a way to reference of a way your job. The name is your mahus. The name is the godliness that's found within. So he says like this. We said before that Klal Yisrael in Mitzrayim is trying to fix the sin of Adam Rishon. And the way they do that is they don't change their Lashon. They keep Lashon HaKadosh. What does that mean? What did Adam Rishon do by sinning in the Eitz Hadas? Understand that before Adam Rishon's sin, reality was clear. There was no table. There was just letters. The reality was HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You saw the mohus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving life to physical matter. There were no other languages. The sin of the Eitz Hadas uh, created a vacuum. It created this shell. It created this falsehood where all of a sudden now the light goes out. And all of a sudden now we no longer see those letters. We no longer see that Lashon HaKadosh. It created the uh, ability for there to be other languages. That was due to the sin of the Eitz Hadas. The sin of the Eitz Hadas created a cover over HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world that all of a sudden now you could live your life and just see table. That didn't exist in the times of other Rishon. Other Rishon's sin created that opportunity, that ability. And therefore, the way to rectify that, the way to rectify the sin of Adam Rishon is by going back to Lashon HaKadosh, is by reclaiming the truth, which is, there is no, this is not just a table, but there's Shin Lam Ches Nun, 
that there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving life to this table. And that reality was true before Adam Rishon's sin, but his sin clouded reality. It took good and evil and confused it. And therefore, after the sin, all of a sudden, I don't see HaKadosh Baruch Hu anymore. I use now other languages. The ability for there to be other languages was due to the sin. And therefore, to fix the sin of the Eitz Adas, go back to Lashon HaKadosh, to see the truth. He says, Ba'oymek Yishloimar, Shebechet Adam Rishon, that due to the sin of the Rishon, all of a sudden, there was a cataclysmic change, that all of a sudden, that godliness, that elikus, which is giving life, is now covered up. That was the sin of the Eitz Other languages emerged. And therefore, the way to fix it is by Lashon HaKadosh. That's how you fix the sin of the Eitz it was Klal Yisrael going back to saying, no, we know what the reality is, we know what the truth is. He says, Before the sin, Everything was clear. Everything was clear to Adam Rishon. And it's Dafka, the sin of the Eitz Hadas, that created this confusion, that created an ability to live your life and sink into it, to sink into that there is no God reality. And therefore, the way to rectify the sin of the Eitz is by going back to our Lashon. Let's go one more, Yisad. A little deeper. Another reason why keeping the Lashon of Lashon HaKadosh rectifies the sin of the Eitz was that it was a form of unifying, it was a form of unifying all of Klal Yisrael. But he says over here, look, look on the bottom paragraph. So he says like this, Let's go one more, one more added nekuda as to why is it that keeping the lashon of lashon hakodesh was a tikkun? Besides for the fact that it was a, an ability to sort of see past that cloud, an ability to cut away from the falsehood and see the truth, which is the elikus behind the physicality, but there's an added nekuda of what happened, and that is, Let's focus on one other aspect of a result of the sin of Adam Rishon. We know that the sin of the Adam Rishon, what was like life before this? So we've given Shurim on this in the past, that before Adam Rishon's sin, all the neshamas of Klal Yisrael would, were sort of one unit, and that was in the life, in the body of Adam Rishon. That Adam Rishon had one giant neshama, and after the sin, those neshamas shattered, and all of a sudden, it created the 600,000 neshamas of Klal Yisrael. Before the Adam Rishon sin, we were one mamish, one unit. So he says like this, We know that before the sin of Adam Rishon, all the neshamas were found within the body of Adam Rishon. And had he not sinned, he would have had his tikkun, he would have gone into Shabbos Kodesh, and it would have been, it would have been perfect. The sin of Adam Rishon created a, a shattering of the neshamas of Nishmas Yisrael, and it created sort of a separation within the bodies of Klal Yisrael. So he says like this, Now we know that due to the sin of Eitz Adas, due to the sin of Adam Rishon, there was Misa. Misa was brought to the world. Now Misa comes in different forms. I've never heard anyone address what he's about to say, but Misa comes in different forms. We all know Misa in its classic form. It's Pashit, the end of life. 
that before the sin it was supposed to be everlasting, and due to the sin there's Pashat Misa, there's an end to one's physical life down here. But he says it's something deeper. We know that due to the sin there was a gzera of Misa that came to the world. As Hashem said to Adam, as the Pasuk says, that Hashem told Adam Rishon, the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. It's going to be death. V'achem, and it's true, achar achet, neskayim klolazu, aideshen eschalku v'nespazu kol haneshama shebekirbo l'shishim ribo yisharsh haneshamas. Let me explain outside. I never saw this before. The very fact that klal Yisrael are separated by bodies is itself a misa. Let me explain. Even though, Baruch Hashem, all of us here are healthy and we're doing our best to accomplish, to serve Hashem to the best of our abilities, the very fact that we exist separate from each other is a misa. Let me explain. I'll give you a mashal. You have an ox, right? You have an ox. What do you see when you see the ox? You see an ox. One thing. What happens when you kill the ox and you chop it up? All of a sudden, now there's a rump roast. Now there's ribs. Now there's this. They're choshev. They're all choshev b'fnei atzmai. But the only reason why you're able to notice the significance of each one is because the unifying life force is taken away. Therefore, when Klal Yisrael was nichlal in the soul of Adam Rishin, there was no this person and that person. There was just nishmas Yisrael, nishmas Adam Rishin. Due to the sin, and there was a shattering, and all of a sudden you have millions and millions of people, and they're all healthy, and they're all doing well, but that itself is a death. It's a long death to all of them, because the very fact that I have my own significance means that that unit is dead. The same way an animal only has significance of each part when the life force is taken away, so too, Kalal Yisrael as a whole, each individual, the very fact that you have Chashivas, means that that unit has died. And that's why, ultimately, the Ramchal says, the only way to fix this world is through Tchiyas HaMesim. Because you can never go fully back to that point. We now are too significant as individuals that we can never lose that point. So he says like this, we're just trying to go back to and he says that itself is a death all of reality is sort of that death that we're still feeling how so the very fact that Klal Yisrael is split up to so many individual units, and you look like you're separate from me, and you look like you have your own life, and you look like you have your own desires and your own thoughts, that itself is called a death. Because what died was that unit that we had, that one perfect unit called Nishmas Adam that died. And he says, As long as there was life to that original unit, There's no chashivas to each individual. Because we would all be included in that perfect unit called life. He says, He doesn't quote over here, but he gives a marshal of the animal. 
So how do you fix that? So one of the ways to fix that is Achdus. Is Klal Yisrael trying to go back to reunite? Understand, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Understand like this. If the Avoida in Mitzrayim was to be metakin, the sin of other Mauritian, then in one way, the way to do that is by Lashon HaKodesh. Because Lashon HaKodesh is saying, listen, other Mauritian made this world look like there's just reference points and there's just matter. And any way you call it doesn't really matter because there's nothing giving it a life force. And Lashon HaKodesh says, no, there's a Shulchan and there's Ritzpah. And there's, you know, karka, and there are words that are having koyach from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Besides for doing that, it also unified the nation. One of the facts, one of the ways to fix Adam Rishon's sin was Klal Yisrael to reunite again. But not just to reunite, and this is, a, I think, also an important akuda. Anyone can unite over foolishness, right? You have, you have sports fans that they, they have this feeling of unity over their team. That's unity, but it's unity over something that doesn't matter. And you see now, unity over, over evil. That's also unity, right? I drove past them. I, I drove past. I had to see with my own eyes. I got to see the Arta Harami Kibach. I got to see those people with the Nazi flags and the Palestinian. I got to see with the kafirs. I drove on, uh, the, on the Van Wick. And you got to see they're all united for evil. That's also unity. But that's not going to fix other Mauritian sin. The way to fix on the Mauritian sin is to unite Klal Yisrael over Loshan HaKodesh, which is to unite them to find Hashem. That's a unity. Let's put it all together. The way that Klal Yisrael was able to get out of Golis Mitzrayim was by not changing their Loshan, which is again cutting away the sin, because the sin created this blocking of the eyes, that you no longer saw God. Loshan HaKodesh tells you the truth, that there's Mahus, that there's meaning to this. They didn't change their name because the name is the same thing. The same way you live your life where you could be, I could call you anything. I call you Todd, I call you Fred, but who are your Mahus, your, your Hebrew name? They kept their Hebrew name. And the last one was clothing. I got to speed up the time. We, we've given Shirim in the past from Rav Kluger in Yichud HaShavas. The whole Indian of clothing was a result of the sin. That ever since the sin of Adam Rishon, that Adam Rishon needed clothing. Now, you can never go back to that. You can never go back to that point of not wearing clothing because the world was, was ruined to the point where going, not wearing clothing is not going to rectify it. It's just going to cause more problems. But how do you fix it? You wear clothing that shows who you are, Be'etzim. There's clothing that, that reveals your essence and there's clothing that's just revealing. Clothing, the way to fix the other Mauritian sin, which is trying to look, trying to find the God behind the surface, you keep your lotion. You don't change your name. And your clothing also reveals Kedusha. And what type of clothing does that? Practically the clothing that Sadiqim wore. Right? Why is it that I, I wear a hat when I daven? Why? Because a hundred years ago, Jewish people would wear a hat. Now why would they wear a hat? Yeah, it's because the Goyim Tagum. Maybe, maybe it's because the Goyim wore Because that was Chashiv. But the real truth is, Sadiqim wore a hat. I'm dressing like Sadiqim because that's the mohus of a Jew. Those are the three ways. So practically, what, what's the purpose of all this? It's very interesting. The truth is, it's not really that relevant because nowadays, your language, your name, and your clothing, they're not as significant as they used to be, right? 
from a halachic perspective, Rav Moshe Feinstein was asked, are you allowed to have a non-Jewish name? So Moshe, the Marm Shik felt very strongly, you're not allowed to, that was his last name, Shik, is Shemus Yisrael Kedosh, and that was why he chose that name. The Marm Shik felt very strongly, he says, they didn't change the name, so Rav Moshe says, no, because they didn't have the Torah, now you have the Torah, so the names are not as, practically. So let me read you, I didn't print it out, because I didn't want to go on the second page, but I'll tell you what Rav Kluger says. Rav Kluger, after the, this long piece, he ends with the following. He says, he says, we're now holding and everyone's going through their own galas. You know what the message of all this is? Klal Yisrael was saved from Mitzrayim by being careful with things that to the average person seems insignificant. That's the message. The Klal Yisrael was but they kept their names and they kept their clothing and they kept their, uh, their language which to the average person, who cares? The answer is, it matters. Every detail of Torah matters and even if it's something that to the average person says, what does it matter? You're that could be enough to schlep them out. And he says the following, Marshal Ahmad Avadaymi. He says, I'll give you a marshal. And I've thought about this marshal when I was younger, and sort of my worldview kind of changed as I got older. But he says, Adam Shabbos. You have a Yid who Nebuch is, uh, is being Mechal Shabbos. He's no longer keeping Shabbos. Or other Isuri Torah. On the other hand, Makbid al Minig He's careful on a certain Minig. There's a certain thing he still keeps. I remember I watched a, a documentary once years ago about uh, these chassidim that went off the derech and they came to America, um, and just seeing like the difficulty because they thought, they thought the life would be a certain way. And they get together every Thursday. They still have cholent and kugel. I mean, they still have cholent and kugel. So he says like this: the says of Kluger, you have a Jew that's mechal Shabbos, but he still keeps a certain thing. So a certain thing like you have now in Mamish and Eretz Yisrael, you're seeing the entire Eretz Yisrael became traditional from the Salmasa. They have Jews that are not Shemesh so they light candles Friday night. Okay. Or, or whatever, or they do, they, or Tzitzis, whatever it is. So he says, Hashkavari Shaina, on the first level, the average person is going to think to themselves, what's the purpose of this? When you're Michal Shabbos, you think it matters that you're going to light candles, and then what are you doing? You're watching TV. And you say to yourself, like, well, how, what's the purpose? Like, if you're going to do much bigger averis, then what's the chashivas of that small little minig? To that, achdas das balabatim. That the Torah does not always think the way the average person does. And that is, that you see in Mitzrayim, they were oivet But they still held on to something. They still held on to something, and that was enough to schlep them out. And he says you have this nowadays as well. They have Jews that are going through crazy things. They're Mechal Shabbos and they're doing crazy things. But they still have something. Instead of making fun of that small something, hold on to it. And that could be that not changing your Lush, not changing your shame, not changing your Levush, that could be the thing to schlep it out. So instead of being cynical and say, hey, what are they accomplishing? That might be enough for them to lead them to get out of their own Mitzrayim. That's the message. Again, besides the fact of Klal Yisrael was trying to talk in other Mauritian and the depth of it and the importance of understanding the Inyav Lashon HaKadosh in your name. But to realize, for, practically for us, there's a Jew that keeps the Lashon, that keeps the shame, whatever that means in his life, to not dispel it as nothing, it might be enough for that person 
to schlep him out of Mitzrayim. Not enough of that person that it warrants Chilol Shabbos or allows a Chilol Shabbos, but it might be enough to schlep him out that will lead him to stop being Mechal Shabbos. I will stop here.